G'day friends, it's Stacey Morgan here. If you're a busy businesswoman juggling your own journey of entrepreneurship, and if you're a fan of Regold's Dance Life podcast, then I know you'll love my podcast, How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life. We release episodes every week on a Wednesday morning. Listen and subscribe now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm joined by fabulous Regold. <laughs> fabulous Regold. Stacey. <laughs> I say it every week, Re, well, and it makes me laugh because I think that anyone who's listening to the podcast, anyone who's listening to Regold's Dance Life Podcast is going to know that I'm going to introduce Regold. So I the, I laugh every week at the irony, and guess who's here <laughs> on Regal's Dance Podcast? It's Regal. I don't know how fantastic I am, but I do feel good after each recording of the podcast. Good. Thank you, Miss Stacy. I feel good too. Today's episode is brought to you all by Soul. If you want your dancers to feel good, then they absolutely will. If they spend days with like-minded dancers, with teachers who are not looking out for their numbers, not choosing and judging and thinking, you know, who's going to be the best and most impressive person in the classroom. But instead, how can I inspire each and every one of these students that I have in front of me? Then Soul will be perfect for them. Soul is happening in Las Vegas. It's straight after the... the the Dance Life Teacher Conference. I'm so excited I can't talk. And it's going to be an incredible experience for dancers on that side of the country who perhaps have not experienced it before. So if you are close by to Las Vegas, get your dancer there, get your students there, get yourself there. If you've got dance parents that are being a little bit iffy, absolutely get them and their child there. Just send them a friendly suggestion. That they should also go Actually, to regold.com. Ooh, uh, say that URL again. I might have been talking over you, my friend. <laughs> it's regold.com slash soul. So I was going to say this. So uh, one of the things that last year was the first soul. One of the things that I came out of there with, which was a bonus, was how many dance moms, a couple of dance dads as well, who came to me at the end and said, when I get into the lobby at the studio, I'm going to be the nicest dance parent in there. That Their understanding and what they learned during the week about dance education and the decision-making of a studio owner or a teacher and the process of, what their kids are gaining just from saying I take dance. Mm. They come to a realization. I, I was most, I mean, the kids, we impacted them and I know it made a difference, but I was most surprised by watching parents just sort of settle in and become grateful mm. for the fact that their child danced. Take down their armor. Yes. Mm. I, I know this isn't what we're going to talk about, but I often feel like some of the issues that we have with parents or that we find ourselves stressing out about 
it's because they're not knowledgeable. They don't understand why we do what we do, or they don't see the big picture of what their child may be gaining in this process because we are not necessarily focused on that. We, we're just assuming that they see it with their own eyes. I believe we need to educate parents a little more or also when we do make a decision to spend some time explaining what's behind that decision rather than just believing we know what we're doing, we're making the right decision and I'm confident with that. Mm. Spend a little time saying, here's how I come to these conclusions. Important. Okay, what's our topic today, Miss Stacy? That's a good topic. We'll save that for another time. But last week we talked about the summer period, making sure that we understand that things may go wrong over summer if we our teachers decide that they don't want to commit to the schedule that they had committed to previously and how can we get more organized to make sure that we kind of have those have less of those moments where we're like, ah especially in the middle of summer when we when we should be on the beach. And this is a topic that comes up and it's the horror story that we all hear and that perhaps has happened to so many of us that when it happens, it you know, in hindsight, it seems so obvious what was going on the whole time, but it always takes us by surprise when it happens. And I'm talking about that awful situation where you invest in a person, you bring them into your studio, you build them up as a teacher, you give them resources and professional development, you make them part of your culture, part of your value system, and then they think, you know what, I could do this better. And they often go down the road and do it themselves. Now, in saying this, can I please start by saying I'm all for entrepreneurship. I I believe that people should be able to have their own dream and if their own dream is their own studio, then all power to them. There is enough to go around for all of us. But what often happens in these situations is it's not necessarily the deed that gets us so upset. It's often the way that our um, people that we trusted go about it. Is this a story you hear often, Ray? Oh, all the time, all the time. This is what I, I, my first reaction to this topic. I think when I discussed this with studio owners who were either going through it or have gone through it, if I ask this question, if I say, did you instinctually feel that something was off for a while? They usually say yes. Mm -hmm. So then I have to ask, why did you avoid this instinct that you have? Why didn't you come up with a way to to figure out what was going on with that person long before we get to the point where she's now soliciting the students mm -hmm. that teach at your, or that dance at your studio. How did it go this far without you having any concept? And yes, wait, I want to say this. It can go that far without having a concept. Absolutely. But I, I'm going to say that 90% of the time, I believe we know something's up, but we avoid it like the plague because <laughs> we don't like confrontation. 
You think I'm wrong or you agree oh, with that? Um, it really hit me in the guts when you said, did you have a feeling that, that something was wrong? And when this happened to me, I, I, I had 10 weeks worth of feelings, but it was recital time. It was busy. Things were going on. There were little things that were happening that I thought, you know what, I'm going to address that before next season. I'm going to address that before next season. I'm going to address that before next season. And lo and behold, I didn't have to. You never had the chance to address (laughs) any of it. I didn't have to. But but there, there were so many red flags that I can see in hindsight, and hindsight is a beautiful thing, but I can see in hindsight all of the red flags that were there. And I think... Part of it, Re, is the busyness of the lives of the lives we lead, the busyness of leadership, the busyness of you know trying to keep everything afloat, and the buck always stopping with us, and us being the you know the person that has to make the decisions. And by that time of the season, you just don't want any extra drama or anything because you just need to get <laughs> to the end. You can see the beach in sight. Um, so. For me, I definitely resonate with what you said because I can I can remember each of the moments I'm replaying them in my mind as we're talking, where I went, That's that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. And then lo and behold I I you know, find out why on the other side. I um I'm with you, understand why we avoid it. I'm a guy who who does my best to avoid, I'll call it confrontation. In January, I could have a milder word for this. <laughs> but I have learned through the years, whether it be somebody opening their own studio or other, I'll call it just mischievous things that can happen when you're a business owner with employees, I have always, always in the last few years given my instincts much more credit than I used to. Mm. Meaning, I will say, I'm feeling this. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Help, Help me get on the right page here. It's it's just getting yourself over the fear. And wait, we're talking about a teacher who may open a school, but I'm going to say to our listeners, studio owners and teachers, you or we, I'll say, do this when we know we have a problem parent as well. Yep. We walk into the lobby. No Mrs. Smith can't stand us or the studio right now. And we just smile and make believe that we don't know that until the point that Mrs. Smith has now spread her gossip and rumors and feelings to all 20 other people. And now we have a circumstance that's way out of control. Mm -hmm. And what I think we should have done was that first week maybe the first week we're not sure second week we walk in we're getting the same vibe we walk up to mrs smith privately and say i'm not getting a good feeling 
do we need to talk about something and get it over with? Mm -hmm. And know that oftentimes when we confront a parent or a teacher, we'll keep this on the same uh, road as this podcast is supposed to be. Why not talk about it? What if you can change the circumstance? Most parents will say, thank you for making the time to talk to me. I had no idea. What is it that are, are you? I know you don't have the answer, but what are our fears? Isn't it worth, well, I'll go back to the teacher here. You said something about your summer break and getting to the beach mm -hmm. or the pool or whatever it is. Is getting to the beach or the pool under 100% stress mode or in 100% stress mode really the way you want to go to the beach? Absolutely not. But that's where you end up if you avoid those conversations and then you spend your whole summer getting one text message after a phone call, after an email saying, we're leaving, now we're leaving, now we're leaving. And we all know that it, then none of those people wanted to leave until they started talking to Mrs. Smith. Right. And, and when it comes to a teacher who's leaving and students follow that teacher, I actually think that's some of the worst. It shouldn't be, but I'm just saying what it is. Some of the worst pain that we can experience. Let's say the teacher left and everybody was like, no way, I'm staying with Stacy. She's been this. That's at least something for us to say, okay, I feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. But when they start to fly out the door because they actually feel like Miss Susie can give them more than Miss Stacy can give them, that is additional pain and suffering. <laughs> I'm laughing because it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, but but it, it, it is. A, it is a truth. And I, I'd also say that shame plays a big part of this as well, Ray. in that when, mm. when you are the last person to find out, which often is the case, you know, often the teacher will solicit students and parents that they like as the season's wrapping up. So you're clueless. You're seeing all these red flags. You're having all these feelings of something's not right, but you don't really know and, you know, things are busy. So you keep pushing through and think, I'll have that conversation later. And then, it, it, you know, it happens and you're the last one to know about it. There's shame involved with that that is really hard, especially when we're running studios in small communities. There's, you know, shame internally for yourself but also in front of your family in front of your students that do decide to stay in front of your team how did I let this happen one of the greatest things one of the greatest moments that I had as part of this awful experience when it did happen to me was that the moment that it happened my the rest of my team rallied around me like they just stepped up we had a um situation where we had to get to the to one of our studios and and get all of our costumes out before we had a chance to change the locks it was all very dramatic um and everybody just dropped everything they were doing that day 
and we have, you know, this big gorgeous blue bus that we drive around and pick up kids in. And I just drove around and picked up my teachers and we all went to the studio together and we all loaded it to the roof with boxes of costumes. And then we drove back to the other studio. And as we were driving back, the rest of the staff that couldn't drop everything had by that time dropped everything. And they were there with the doors open in a line, ready to help us unload. It was this moment of, it was just this two hours of, absolute intense love and appreciation and like binding together it was it was like a small glimmer of hope in this what was a really yucky day and I'll always be grateful for that and grateful for that show of we've got you we're we're here for you this is not ideal but we're going to be okay and that came out of as I said a really yucky situation you know, you bring up something that's important for listeners to know. Oftentimes, a teacher will leave or a disgruntled parent will leave. And others will come up to you and say, I didn't understand why you didn't do that a long time ago. Why you didn't let that person go. So there are times when it happens to you where you come to the realization that everybody around me knew and I had no idea that I had a problem. Yeah. And it can turn out that that following year is one of your best years yet because that person in that vibe is no longer in your space. Mm -hmm. But let's, let's go somewhere that I think is important for our listeners. How do you avoid a circumstance like this? And I'll start off this and then we can converse about it. Giving a faculty person too much, I'm not going to use the word power, but putting them front and center and, and making it so that they don't really know us. Their loyalty is to that teacher who they are seeing every week like I look at it with intensive kids and I want a diverse faculty I don't want one or two teachers in charge of all of those dancers offering them all their classes doing all their choreography Mm. because if I lose one of those teachers or they decide to go up the street it's almost for them even though I disagree with the mindset it's almost like well She's the one we know. We're going to follow her. Yeah. I look at it like, okay, you're teaching on this day, this year, that day, the next year. Um, I'm not going to give anybody too much to, to make it look like they're the most important person in my business. Mm-hmm. I, another thing is, and I know that you probably agree with me on this, but not everybody listening, I think they'll agree, but maybe they they haven't uh, actually taken action. I don't want my faculty communicating with the students or their parents. There's a boundary there. That That's like social media that's like going over their houses and babysitting 
I want a professional teacher-student relationship. Mm -hmm. You are not going to, if you're a school teacher, go spend time with kids' families. It just isn't going to be that way because that is like uh, a given that you're the teacher and that you, you have 30 students who must respect you. So therefore, you're not going to get involved with the kids or their families. Doesn't mean you don't love them. Doesn't mean you don't care about them. Yeah. But I see often that uh, a teacher who's about to manipulate by opening her own studio will spend that entire season that they know they're going to do this getting to know all of your clientele. Mm. Red flag. Red flag. Absolutely no question. Or somebody who is was once a team player is not a team player any longer. Mm. Uh, someone who says negative things behind your back to other faculty members and you hear from that faculty member, but you go, oh, they must have misunderstood. That mm. That isn't what she meant. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a denial Guilty. mode. You, you're, yeah. you're setting yourself up for this. Mm. So for me, it's like always checking in with faculty and staff. Like, you know, I said to you, that mom is in the lobby and you're in that second, third week and you go, something doesn't feel right. Your vibe, uh, I'm feeling the negativity. I think we can do that with faculty as well. Mm. Come talk to me. Last year at this time, you came to me with 30 different concepts to try for the recital. This year you seem really quiet. Tell me what you're thinking. What What's different from last year to this year? And I, I got one more piece of advice. And this is hard, and some may disagree. But let's say I'm going through a season in a September to June season. And in January or February, I find out that this teacher is intending on opening a studio. I want to replace her then. Why do I want to do that? Because if I get another faculty person in there who my kids fall in love with because they've got four or five months to do it, mm -hmm. I'm not going to lose as many students when this teacher opens their studio. Yeah. So to me, it's as soon as I know I'm going to call a lawyer. I'm going to say, I'm in this circumstance. How do I let this person go? Yep. It's easier than what comes by not doing it and yep. living with the repercussions. Yep. And do you want that person to spend any more time with your faculty and other people that they could sway in their direction? No. Absolutely For me, it's like not. a soon... No, as soon as I know this, you're no longer a part of my team or my future. Yeah. And so if I have to teach 45 hours a week to replace that person, I'm going to step in and do it because you're exactly which in right. Our last podcast. 
in our last podcast, we told everybody not, not to, to do, do that. that. But in this circumstance, <laughs> I think it's I think it's relevant. But so many people would be afraid of what the pair, like the the community, would think about you getting rid of a teacher mid season. But it's the perfect opportunity to talk about your values. It's the perfect opportunity to talk about loyalty, and. In doing so, you would rally behind you the people who are your people. And you also, it's all in how you handle it, what words you use. Like, let's say this was, I'm the boss, we and my employee, Stacy is the one who's leaving to open a studio. <sighs> I'm going to, when it comes to the parents or the questions, I'm always going to say I wish Susie the best, which is not the inclination of most people. Most people would say, do you know what she's done? Mm. To me, even if I don't do anything and I lose 50 kids at the end of the season, I'm always going to wish that person the best because I'm opening myself up by talking negatively about this person. I'm, I'm sharing with clientele or other faculty how, how vulnerable I am to this circumstance. Mm -hmm. And I get that vulnerability is a good quality to have, but not here as far as I'm concerned. It's almost like Think of it as you're kicking the butt to pull up your bootstraps and make next year the best year you can make it. And it was that negative teacher that inspired you, who maybe in three or four years you're going to be grateful for because you now are going to a new level that you might not have gone to mm -hmm. based on the actions of this teacher. And to make the other people feel better, especially. If you have a teacher who takes all of your competitive kids, because that's where the big area lies. It's, it goes like this. After five years, when those kids grow and are gone, that person's not going to have a business because they didn't grow the business. You're, you're laughing. <laughs> but it's the truth. They, didn't, they don't have any babies. I'm they laughing because it's true. Yeah recreational kids you know how many yep. studios i've seen steal all the kids from a studio go in and win dance competitions for two or three years and then all of a sudden you don't hear about them anymore because they've lost the business or they don't have any good kids because they're really not as good a teacher as they thought they were or don't know how to train them from the time they're three to 14 or 15, which is when you talk my kids, mm -hmm. just sometimes you have to sit back and wait and let karma do its thing. But most times when someone goes and opens their own studio with your competitive kids, just give it five years. I don't mean to be sarcastic, but it's it's the truth. Especially that teacher said to you, oh, I don't teach uh, babies or I don't teach recreational kids. Oh, good, good, good for you. Go open your own dance studio. That's the perfect place for you to be. 
I'm in Think it, Reed. About it. So I can't say a thing right now. <laughs> but I am nodding and I am smiling. And I hope that there are people who are listening who are also nodding and smiling because they know that you speak the truth. It's not even speaking the truth. I, like you said, I've seen it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I will talk a teacher or a studio owner off a ledge over this. And then three or four years later, I see them in the best place I've ever seen them in. And had they not gone through this experience, they wouldn't be in that place. Sometimes this goes for the, this isn't only dance listeners. The toughest stuff we go through in life often has lessons in it that make our lives a better journey once we get past that particular point in our lives. And here is one of them. It's about knowing why you do what you do and letting the dead wood fall off. And yes, it could be expensive if you lose a whole bunch of kids. But I look at it like this. If those kids weren't loyal to me in the first place, the first thing I need to do is figure out why they were. And then the next thing I need to do is make sure that never happens to me again, because I've learned from this experience. Yeah. So I'm probably the first person to say losing a teacher or somebody going and opening your, uh, their own studio could in the long run be a blessing in disguise. With that said, Be proud of who you are. Jump when your instinct tells you that something isn't right and confront it. Mm -hmm. And make it so that you're grateful for all the blessings and the fact that you're living your dream. And enjoy this journey, friends. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 